Welcome to the Courageous Path podcast found on SoundCloud and iTunes where you can subscribe and follow there. I'm Rachel Horton White and you can learn more about me at soulfulworkconsulting.com. Today I am blessed to share an interview with Paul Knoll of To Live For and this interview is called The Wisdom of Humans and Animals. Paul Knoll spent nearly 20 years in education as a counselor and administrator at the college, high school, and middle school levels. Once driven to become a leading educator in public schools, a brain injury from toxic mold in his school forced Paul to relearn basic living and communication skills, but this very difficult time helped him to realize that he needed to find a healthier way to live. As a child, Paul was very engaged and intrigued by the Native American culture, so his injury helped him reconnect to his childhood gifts and passions. Through various alternative healing modalities, Paul became interested in the shamanic practice and has since helped others become more deeply connected with their inner self and with the beautiful nature that surrounds us. He promotes the concept of living in unison and trust with nature, living simply, and caring for other for others, our communities, and our globe. Paul was honored to be a storyteller for the live production of the Moth Radio Hour at the State Theater in Portland, Maine in June 2013. This story was distributed nationally and worldwide in the winter of 2015. Paul's stories and poems have been published across New England in newspapers and magazines and on radio shows. He enjoys scuba diving, photography, biking, golf, learning to dance, surfing, travel, and just being by the ocean. Paul has two amazing daughters, Allie and Anne, who've supported him during some very challenging times. And he has a business he has recently started with his wife, Donna Maria, called To Live For, which you can find at tolivefor.org. Hope you enjoy this interview with Paul. Good afternoon or good morning, Paul. How are you doing this morning? Good. Well, thanks so much for um, talking with me today. Can you talk a little about how you, um, your journey to getting to where you are today? Well, I could take a long time. <laughs> I know. But, um, so what, what's going on right now is my wife and I are working on a venture called To Live For. And it's really kind of a cool story about how that came about. We met uh, four years ago. A mutual friend tried to get us to connect for a year, and I, I actually went to the bio of her, Donna Maria. Um, she she uh, owns Greater Brunswick Physical Therapy, and I read her bio and her pictures up there. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to meet this woman. So we met, and it was pretty quick that we knew that that not only would we end up, you know, probably falling in love, which we did, but we we knew that there is. A purpose for us to get together and do work together and that's mm-hmm. we spent the first few years tossing about different ideas and for me the idea would have to work if both of us if it resonated with both of us mm-hmm. and it wasn't until the idea and donna maria came up with the idea of to live for it's beautiful to to uh when when she came up with the idea it was like yep this is it this is what we're both supposed to do and so what to live for, our, our vision is to inspire worldwide love, joy, and positive vibes. Mm. And the way we're doing that 
is through a website, through a YouTube channel, through Facebook, where we are promoting people's stories, people's passions, and people's gifts. And our feeling is, is the more that we share about other people's passions and gifts, the more people will be, will be inspired to do the same mm-hmm. and kind of live in their own passion and share their own gifts. And then there's the ripple effect. So the more people that live in their passions and share their gifts, the better off this earth is going to be. Right. And, and actually 10% of our proceeds go to um, different causes that promote... Um, regenerating the earth, bringing the earth back into balance. That's wonderful. Nature. Uh, um, so that's how it's all coming about. So our website, if you look at the website, we have interviews where we are interviewing someone about once a week. And the interviews are going typically 15, 20 now, mostly 30 minutes. And for me, that's one of my joys is going out to interview people. Mm-hmm. But we also have some segments on the website where people, say a musician or an artist or a writer uh, or a business, where we we post segments there as well. Mm-hmm. So if we run into a musician, say your husband, mm-hmm. Chris White, yes, and they allow us to post one of their songs and then we have a little story about them. Mm-hmm. So it's just another way to... to promote the positive vibes yeah oh thank you yeah so we've interviewed as far as way as south africa um i had the opportunity to be there in july and i met this awesome um young man there and it was just a really cool story to put out there florida uh, most of our interviews are in maine but we are branching out uh, we've got some interviews out of costa rica really as, as well huh. Uh, which is one of our fa- favorite places to travel to. Mm, my sister is about to move there with her fiance. <laughs> well, so that's cool. interesting. Because yeah, <laughs> that's where I want to move to. <laughs> oh, we'll have to talk about that. <laughs> I do too. Huh? Synchronicity. So that's what it is. To live for is is just sharing stories. Mm. Mm. That's such a that's such a wonderful thing you're doing for humanity and for our planet. So thank you. Um, obviously met what sounds like your soul partner, your wife, through um, your own personal journey. But um, what is it that kind of brought about this spiritual um, grounding in your life and in her life? Is there any you know anything that came about in particular? Have you always has it always been like this? Has it always been something for you that's been important? Um. Well, I think it's always been important, whether it was growing up in church and um, being involved in a lot of different um, religious type practice, prayer especially, um, or being in community and worship. Mm-hmm. But as a child, I had a, an affinity for the Native American culture. Yeah. And I really, you know, I didn't know then how important that would become later in my life. Mm-hmm. But I just really appreciated the Native American way of living in terms of simplicity, um, in terms of the, their sacred relationship with the earth. Oh, I was an Indian guide, so I think that was part of it, was being made aware of the Native, mm. Native American culture in that way. What is, what is, can you say that again? Indian guides. What is that? So it's similar to Boy Scouts. Okay. But it comes from um, 
a Native American cultural perspective mm. in terms of you have a tribe and um, you go camping and you live simply and mm. you work to, together as a tribe or a community and, and doing um, social service, mm. taking care of awesome. each other, supporting families and, and things like that. Mm. But even when I was a kid, one of my favorite movies, which is an intense movie called A Man Called Horse. Oh, I've never heard of and that. And it's about a white man who was indoctrinated into the Native American culture and all that he had to go through to to get indoctrinated in that culture. So I've always just had an attraction to that culture. I led a traditional life. I worked in education for 20 years, a couple of advanced degrees, and then I got really sick 14 years ago. And as a result of that sickness, I became much more aware of what I was aware of as a kid. And that's things unseen. I could feel things. I could hear things. And um, in, in better understand, trying to better understand that and also trying to heal from my sickness, I worked with a lot of different practitioners, including a shamanic practitioner. Mm. And it's that where where I delved into shamanic practice itself. So that's an important part of my journey. I also became a dowser, which is uh, I work with people's homes and land to better understand, help them better understand what's going on energetically and spiritually where they live or where they work. So that's kind of how I got reconnected with the spiritual aspect mm. of my life. Something that just popped into my head is... Um... I don't know if you've ever thought about your past lives, but my sense is you were probably in some kind of American Indian. You're probably an American Indian tribe of some kind in your past life, in many of them, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, speaking of that, there's a really cool practitioner up in, in um, oh, just north of Bath. It starts with a W. Mm. Is it Woolwich? Mm. But uh, Dagny St. John, she does past life regressions. Yeah. And oh, I, did okay. a, I did some work with her. It was pretty powerful pretty powerful but did that come up at all it's uh it it did um but some other past lives did yeah. as well yeah yeah that's amazing yeah. i love past lives um so i'm wondering i mean i it's funny how we connect with people in various ways for different reasons because in my life i've been become much more interested in the wisdom of animals and in the natural world and um i'm blessed enough to live basically in a wooded area and come across animals regularly, including owls around us and turkeys and, you know, different wild animals that, um, hawks, you know, that come into my purview. And, and as with some people that, that may not know about spirit animals and you probably know a lot more than I do, but what I've understood is when they come into your life, you know, some literally like had a hawk, like run bang into my window one day <laughs> and, you know, you see them a lot or, um, that that's uh, there's a meaning to that and there's they're speaking to you and I'm wondering if you can talk a little more about what you know about how animals can help us humans understand more about our lives and our purposes yeah definitely so I, I agree with you that if you have an animal that kind of keeps reappearing in your life whether it's real or it might be in a dream or it might be in a book or cards or um a word you might hear Al all the time, uh, but there's a couple of different ways to look at animals, I think, in their role in our life. So kind of the academic way is that you can go to a book called like Animal Speak, 
by mm -hmm. Ted Andrews, which provides some really good wisdom. He he wrote for all these different animals. He writes about what they may mean to, to us. And I think that's a great resource. But from a, a native cultural perspective, I feel the kind of deeper way to look at it is, but it, it takes trust, is actually not assuming that each animal provides the same message to each of us, but Al may be in your life for a different reason than Al may show up in my life. So the way you're going to get that reason is to actually do what's called a shamanic journey. Mm -hmm. Or it could be just simply being still and, and communicating with that animal and asking the animal, okay, you're here. Um, what messages do you have for me? How can I be of service to you? And really get into that communication. I think you'd really be surprised what what you hear back. Mm. And it's it's really intimate. It's really between you and and the animal that keeps showing up. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about what for people that may not know who are listening, what a shamanic journey is? Sure. So I'm a shamanic practitioner, and it's really key to focus on the word practitioner because I'm not an expert, and I I practice. I've had a, a great teacher in Dory Cody. Uh, Eva Getz, um, and some others. And the bottom line is, it's just a practice. And so a journey for me is when I take time to be still, where I will typically drum or play the flute or listen to some native music where I enter kind of into another realm, a meditative state, and I connect with what I would call my spirit guides. So those are either ancestors who have passed away or they're, they're guides that have been with me either just now or my entire life who are assigned to help provide guidance to me. Or it could be an animal spirit guide. So for me, bear is with me all the time. Mm. Uh, dolphin is with me often. Mm. And black panther. Wow are kind of like three of my main main stay animal guides, but uh, other animals come and go mm. all the time. Yeah. So it's taking that time to connect with those spirit guides. Mm -hmm. the, the spirit guide could also kind of just be like Pachimama, the spirit of Mother, Mother Earth, or mm -hmm. Father Sky, mm -hmm. or a different realm. There's mm -hmm. all sorts of different realms based on the native cultures that you're mm -hmm. working with. I um, had a shamanic journey. I've only done a journey, and I like that you'd say practice because it's like we can do this whenever, you know, in our, we can do it ourselves in our everyday lives. I happened to go to an, a, a couple of women who had did drumming, and then the beats changed. It's something where, you know, you imagine you're going down the roots of a tree into. And I didn't had no idea what I, where what was happening at the time, but now I understand it's a different realm. It's a lower realm, as some call. You know, I, I, correct me if I'm using a different terminology. But what I also called it kind of was like lucid dreaming because it was happening very fast, and I was riding along. You know, I was riding on a cougar or something. I can't remember. Then went to a village and talked to a gnome, and it was all just happening. And I was awake, and um, I. I'm just saying this for people listening because I, it was no, there was no explanation in my mind for how, for what that was. It was besides I actually went somewhere and my soul traveled somewhere and, exactly. um, and I had, was, I was shown specific stones by this gnome 
and the gnome was telling me what to do with the stones and it was just it's like I want to go back you know <laughs> I want to get more information I know there was more information for me this was 10 years ago but but um but it's just you know it was incredible how can people kind of access that on their own or kind of feel comfortable to do that and not afraid or not um skeptical <laughs> well i think that that uh because it's a practice yeah you you want to learn kind of the different ways that you could do it so i think the way you could learn is you could read about it and yeah. try it that way you could certainly go online and, and listen to folks that may be putting it out there online there are some local teachers dory cody has classes often mm. uh, Around Portland, Maine? Uh, more Brunswick Brunswick, area, Maine? But, okay. But, um, and Terry Morgan is another teacher that uh, is teaching classes on this. Mm -hmm. So you could get some help locally in terms of being with someone one-on-one -on -one or in, mm -hmm. in, a, in a class. Um, I've worked, I used to kind of promote a business around doing shamanic work with folks, and I still do mm -hmm. but it hasn't become my focus now mm -hmm. to live for pieces is, is yes. more the focus mm -hmm. for us um, but I, I think you gotta either connect with someone or a resource that you trust yes so you can right. learn about the practice yeah that's helpful so uh, you're reminding me about the to live for and i'm curious um if you could talk a little about what um some of the other work that you're doing with to live for i know you have some exciting things coming up and um, that you're moving into and um can you talk about what you're working on and how that came to be and why you're doing it well our feeling is that our, our, our again our purpose is to to inspire folks and share positive vibes and love mm -hmm. and joy and so one of the ways we want to do that is through a program, an evening program or a weekend program where we're going to have some storytellers and some music between the stories. So both the music is, is inspirational and the stories are inspirational. And um, we've actually trying to, we're kind of working on a name for the first program. Mm -hmm. You know, we want it to be a catchy name, but we want people to understand what, what it's all about. So it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit of kind of combining the moth radio hour yeah. with going to a concert which you were on one point so you know you were on the moth radio hour so you probably know how it might work if you wanted to model it after that i'm assuming yeah i, I did have that honor it was yes. a, a privilege yes what did you talk about on the moth um i talked about a hostage situation at my school when i was a guidance counselor um at a school in maine wow. that happened long before columbine so, and the theme, when that, when that show was put together by the producer, the theme on that for that particular moth radio hour in Portland was, uh, oh shoot, but it was, it was, um, I mean, all their stories are true, but it, each of the stories was a pivotal and kind of heart-wrenching story that night. So one of the other stories tellers was, was the, uh, pilot the captain of the space shuttle the first one to fly after the uh, challenger blew up wow. and so he uh, commander Hauk spoke to that whole experience and what that was like and another speaker was is a main author named melissa coleman 
Mm-hmm. And she talks about this incredible story about losing her her sister. Mm-hmm. And um, deeply personal stories. Yeah. So and and my story again, I call it the name of the story is Eight Hundred Heroes, because it spoke to about how all the students and the staff on that particular day did exactly what we were supposed to do, mm-hmm. not having any knowledge or training around this because it was before yeah. this has become a little bit more common. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a, a testament to uh, 800 Heroes because yeah. no one got hurt that day. It's mm. beautiful. So what is it about stories that, or people sharing their stories that is so attractive to you and to your wife? Or why, why do we, why is, is storytelling is, is becoming something that more people are doing? And so why, um, why is it so important? <laughs> That's a great question. Hmm. So from probably an ego perspective, my feeling is that, but some, and a spiritual perception perspective, my feeling is, is that when someone tells your story, healing takes place, both for the person telling the story and the listener. Mm. There's energetic healing that occurs there. Mm. I am intrigued in my own work that I am out here, out there interviewing. You know, we've done about 40 interviews so far. And so my question to myself is, Paul, you're providing an opportunity for everyone to tell their story. When are you going to tell your story? Yeah. And um, so it's something that I'm working on right now to understand what that's about. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and, and I think I can identify with that because I think we all have stories and sometimes we're ready to share more aspects of our story more than other aspects of our story. Um, and my, my personal view, I totally resonate with what you said about healing. Um, you know, my observation is that we are all trying to understand ourselves or why things happen in our lives and understand the universe that we live in or the planet we live in. And sometimes I think hearing from somebody else can help us understand a little more about ourselves. We've interviewed about 40 people, and my uh, Donna Marie and I were talking about this last night because we're, we're going to do a talk in April for a friend. Um, and if you were to go back and listen to these 40 interviews, I haven't counted it, done the data yet to really look at it, but I would be confident in saying at least... 35 to 38 of the people we've interviewed have shared two common denominators. One, they, they knew as a child what their passion was and what their gifts were. It's just that in our, in our culture, we often allow to get shut down. Yeah. So ask the question, what did you know as a child? What did you feel? What did you hear as a child? And how does that resonate with you now? And if it still resonates with you, what can you do to get back to that? Mm. And two, I honestly feel that nature and the earth play a role in us finding ourselves 
So when, when I interviewed you, you know, I asked you, what's the one thing someone could do to kind of get connected with their soul's purpose? And you said meditation. And I would add to that spending time in with nature and in stillness yes, and really letting the earth and all that lives on this earth deliver messages to you and listen to them because we're really connected. And right now the earth needs us to listen. Yes. Hmm. So beautiful and touching. And um, I, I think those two things you said are so important. And uh, I think they could, just those two things, those two pieces could start to help people, you know, transform their lives. So thank you for what you're doing to thank, make that possible. Yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for asking some really good questions. Yes. And before we wrap up, I want to, how can people find you? What's your, you know, you're on your website and you're on social media. Can you, what's your website? Yeah. So the website is to live for.org. T-O-L-I-B-E-F-O-R.org. And, um, our social media, we're on Facebook, yes. Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest, although the Pinterest is not really moving along too well. Yeah. But it's uh, to live for a nation under all those social media platforms, except for we, our Facebook page is to live for.org. Okay. And your YouTube channel is probably called same same oh thing. Oh, my gosh. Uh that's a great question. <laughs> I know. It's I always forget about YouTube too. <laughs> it's de definitely to live for, but mm. uh, is it to live for a nation? That's a great question. Yeah. But, to live for something like that. Right. right. And you can find a link to it on our website. The website has everything. Okay. So That's, the website's the place to go. Website has everything. Great. Great. Well, thank you so much, Paul. It's been such an honor and pleasure to talk with you. You as well. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this interview. For more information about me, you can visit www.soulfulworkconsulting.com. And I'm Rachel Horton-White. Thanks so much for listening.